98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Weekly Blast. There is more than just greatness in the Suns' latest winning streak. There is a ferocity, a hunger, a team looking to make statements to and carcasses of anyone who might stand in their way. Now, maybe it's because this team finally sees the playoffs approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it's the white-hot burn of Devin Booker, who is attempting a hostile takeover of the MVP conversation. Or maybe what we are watching is a team that simply knows nobody can hang with them. Look at the Western Conference. Who do you fear? The Warriors, obviously, but only if Steph Curry is healthy. The Grizzlies obviously have something special, but they're not ready yet. The Lakers might not make the playoffs and the Nuggets probably are not getting Jamal Murray. Now during Michael Jordan's championship reign, the Bulls never played a game seven. These Suns haven't done that either and if we're lucky, they might might not this year either. There have been teams like the 99 Spurs, the 86 Celtics, the 96 Bulls, the 89 Pistons who rolled through the playoffs winning a title while losing three or fewer playoff games and that's the way the Suns are playing right now at a historical level and that same history suggests the upcoming playoffs might be a coronation and wouldn't that be something now please don't accuse me of jinxing anyone because jinxes are not real and if they were they have no shot against the truly great teams the ones that are out for blood All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. They're they're deeper because they have JaVale, who they didn't have today, which is actually a big thing and probably why they got down because the bench got smoked. I mean, Biombo, who we thought would retired five years ago, (laughs) instead of playing with Paul, Bridges, you never know what's going to happen. He can get you 25. Cam shot the hell out of the ball before he got hurt again. And they're just... They're deeper, and that's not even including Crowder and Shaman at some point, too. So they're a deeper team, and they're a better team than they were last year, and I feel like people are just kind of meh about them. That's uh, Ryan Rossillo from the Bill Simmons podcast. Suns better and deeper than they were last year. And uh, that last statement, everybody's kind of meh on them. Mm-hmm. I think the Suns were, for, for people who really follow the league, there might have been that seed of uh, of doubt planted. Hey, they got some breaks in terms of opponent injury. They blew the 2 nothing lead. Let's see if they can get back. Prove it to me that you mm-hmm. can get back to that level. And obviously they're not to the finals yet, but their motivation to get back to the finals has been evident basically since the first four games of the season. They yeah. start 1-3, and three and then they go on an 18-game winning streak. They've had four win streaks of eight or more games this year alone. As you pointed out in your column, uh, Bick, on ArizonaSports.com, they got a chance to end on a 15-game streak, mm-hmm. which you know I think would be a, a major accomplishment. But you don't know what's going to happen at this time with opponents and other teams resting players either. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, the, the, the fact that there are people who have basketball knowledge that are still doubting the Phoenix Suns at this point mm-hmm. is, is remarkable. Now, anything can happen in the playoffs. I'm not pinning anything on you in terms of jinxes. But I've said this now for the better part of two months. With the way the Phoenix Suns have acquitted themselves to this point mm-hmm. in defense of a Western Conference title and the seriousness with which they play, anything less than a championship would be a Without disappointment. A Without a doubt. And that has changed dramatically from last year. Yes, that has. And here's what I'm going to add to that. Now, generally, that acknowledgement that we are the best team and it is ours to you to lose 
creates an internal pressure. It creates a fear of failure. These sons seem to be impervious to that. These sons seem to have way too much hunger for their fear of that to surface, if you know what I mean. You can see that in teams. You can see teams that begin to get a little freaked out by their own success, hoping it'll last, and and it kind of affects everything, and then they get into the playoffs. You remember the Mariners, the the, the team that won 100 and what? How many games? 17, whatever it was? 16. It was crazy. Anybody who was a Mariners fan rused that season because in the playoffs, they weren't anything like they were in the regular season. That's the greatest fear you can have as a sports Mm -hmm. fan is to have a great team that underperforms in the playoffs. That's the worst thing in the world. And you're right. There's going to be a ton of pressure on them because I don't think people realize the fact that the Suns have 61 wins and the Grizzlies are next at 53 and there's not another 51 team in the NBA. Mm. That is outpacing the competition by absurd amounts. Absurd. That's like when Babe Ruth shattered home run records exactly. early in his career. Exactly. Like the record was 10 yeah. and he hit 50. Yeah. You so know? it's so I've lived this. I've lived through NBA postseasons that, that were just clock, checking off the victories. Boom, boom, boom. Because nobody could could stop the basketball team or whatever team it is that you're watching. This Suns team is starting to feel like that. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't think Suns fans, obviously, even even during the Nash years, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of excitement and optimism. But Suns fans haven't felt like this since 1993, and even that year, there was a but. Like, wow, the Suns had the best record in the league at 62 and 20. They made it to the finals. It wasn't an easy road to get to the finals, but yeah. and that but was Michael Jordan, yes. who was coming off two consecutive right. NBA championships. I don't. Uh, there's not. That level of butt this year? No. Now, do do is there an established NBA Finals juggernaut standing in their way? No. Giannis might be becoming that. We don't mm-hmm. know. It's only been one. Yeah. He, he and he he got reached a new platform uh, last year with his performance in the finals. But that challenge, as it existed in '93, does not exist this year for the Suns. No, it, it certainly doesn't. Unless Brooklyn gets and, his stuff together. And lastly, here's what I would say about that, because I, I, we'll continue to talk about this. Tomorrow night's game is going to be interesting, because I, I don't think you want to give the Warriors any hope that they can beat the Suns without Steph Curry. So I think the Suns are going to be on it. I think they're definitely going to be on it when they play Memphis. So so this idea of winning out, I think, appeals to them. It, it, I don't I don't like that back-to-back game that's sitting there in the schedule and that last game against the Kings you should just punt that thing right now. <laughs> but but 68 wins like I said is really rare territory in the NBA. Only 6 teams in NBA history have ever reached that number. You post that number if you're the Phoenix Suns, you are now one of the best regular season teams that have ever played the game of basketball. Yeah, that's true. But be careful what that brings you. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, coming up next, we will talk football. We'll be uh, kind enough to join us in studio for a while. Mark Schlereth, our buddy from 104.3 The Fan in Denver, NFL on Fox. That's next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Chan Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Seven FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Yeah, all during football season for I don't know how many years, Bick, has it been? Six, yeah. Six, seven years. We get to talk weekly to uh, Mark Schlereth, who joins us on the phone, but for the first time ever, Mark Schlereth joins us in studio here at the Ock-Chan Community Studios to talk football with us. Just got done with his show. Yeah. Kind enough to help uh, help us uh, improve our show today. Well, I... 
I don't know about improving your show. I mean, you guys are you guys are killing it. But uh, these are these nice digs. You guys have nice digs. Do we? Yeah. Oh yeah. Compared to compared to compared the, what you're doing, the hole that yeah. we work in. Yeah. <laughs> that this is this is really sharp. I would think with your ratings, though, you could probably get a Taj Mahal built just for you. Well, um, yeah, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not fancy that way. You know, I don't right. need all the best of the best like mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, so <laughs> this is. I might just move to phoenix to do my show from here there you go right yeah this you can do right. that this you is all right that. well welcome to phoenix uh, there's been i mean we've been marveling at this off season just in terms of activity around the league big names changing addresses storylines we don't have a lot of activity in terms of acquisitions here but we got the kyler right. murray storyline and his you know perceived dissatisfaction i mean what do you make of, of what the cardinals have, have done or not done this offseason well so I'm, I'm, i mean i get it you know when uh, when you look at mahomes and you see the trajectory of mahomes and what mahomes did in kansas city now remember it was a football. That was a a playoff football team. Yeah. That was an AFC championship team that he took over, and his three years were remarkable. Right, winning an MVP and winning a Super Bowl and everything else. But after three years, they redid his contract, and I get like I always I always thought about this, and, and I'll take you guys back a, a long time ago. I actually had talked to Demore Smith. Who is you know the the president of the PA or whatever whatever his mm-hmm. title is the Grand Poobah of all things football for the mm-hmm. PA whatever the title is I don't know what it is but I, I was like you know they were talking to me about the rookie wage scale and I was like that is just such a bunch of crap and like well we want to you like his his point to me was always hey listen we want to keep the money for the veterans and limit the so we're negotiating for people who have no negotiation power. Right, the next generation right. of players. Right, For, that just didn't sound fair to me. And number one, then we're tagging the first rounders with an extra fifth year with the option that goes to the team. That didn't make any sense to me either. And I was like, I, I don't mind young guys who can't play getting paid. Do you know why? Because it establishes the 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 ground or establishes a level for the guys who can play right so you're like hey if you're going to pay that clown that much money then you know i'm the next clown in line <laughs> to get to get that big payday look so, at my clown shoes aren't right, they proof right. right so that that was always that was always my deal so i understand when you come to an organization that wasn't a playoff team what did they what did they win his first year four games mm-hmm. and then they went to five, five and yeah. then they went to they what seven, eight and then seven or eight seven and then they eight, go to, yep. to 11 last mm-hmm. year yeah mm-hmm. Like, I understand that's a trajectory. I didn't come into a playoff team like Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So after my three years are up, man, I want to get, I want to be able to, to ink a new deal. I understand that from the player standpoint. I also understand from the, the organizational standpoint that we don't have to do anything yet. We're not a hundred percent sure if this form of offense is sustainable because in our last two seasons we really haven't performed well toward the end of the season so is it like so i understand both i understand both aspects of it i I, hey listen man i want to get paid too everybody wants to get paid right what's interesting to me is okay so there is that there's the trajectory of winning which you can't argue with Mm -hmm. yet there are second half collapses there was the six and three year that just that 
circled the drain. Then last mm-hmm. year was even more ugly down the stretch, and they were practically laughed off the field in the playoff game. So the second half collapses are something that is that has followed Cliff Kingsbury all the way to college, and yet we've got it in the NFL as well. The team has chosen to reward. Cliff Kingsbury with a very lengthy extension that that carries a lot of symbolism and 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 statements in it. It's saying the quarterback, you are the reason why we can't finish season. So if that is true, and if it's true that when Kyler Murray first gets hit, when the attrition of a season gets in his body, that he's just not the same dude, that he won't run with it. Can, can you change that? Can you fix that? Yeah. No. Uh, see. I don't know that you. I don't like. I don't know that any of that is. I know that's the narrative out there, but it's I don't know a that, narrative, right? That, right. That, that, that there's any truth to? Hey, Kyler Murray broke down. You know, he had the ankle that he missed a couple of games with. Mm-hmm. He, you come back, and it's kind of like I, I get this because you know I live in Denver, and and the Broncos just signed Russell Wilson. And so now the Seattle narrative is, well, Russell Wilson's a pain in the ass. You know, he's got a whole team of people. He's this, that, and the other. And uh, plus, he's declining. Well, I mean, you know, he he ripped his extender tendon and his middle finger had to have surgery on it. Came back three weeks later. There's going to be some. There's going to be some adjustment there when you have to play hurt. And this is this is part of being an NFL player. You not only have to play hurt, you have to play injured. But more importantly, you have to play well hurt and injured. That that's part of the job. That's part of the job requirement. And I think there's I think there is a learning curve to being able to do that, to being able to understand kind of what your role is, what you're doing. I think the other thing is you had these injuries, then you you miss James Connor. You miss what's the other back's name? Edmonds. Chase mm-hmm. Edmonds, yeah. Yeah, you, you miss him for some time. Yeah, you right. miss D Hop. Right. You miss some of the weapons. And really what ended up happening is you miss those guys toward the end of the season or towards crunch time, if you will. One of the things about this offense that was so explosive is when Kyler Murray, when things break down and you had all those players, look at how many plays you made. Yeah. Look how many off-schedule plays you were able to make. Now, all of a sudden, those players are gone. Guess what happens? Those off-schedule plays dry up. And what we see is Kyler, number, uh, Kyler Murray's numbers aren't as good. Kyler Murray, it's not, we're not, you know, what you don't realize is is there's reasons, right? That, that you, you just you just look at the, the one guy that wears number one, yeah. and everybody points to that, because it's easy. It's That stuff is easy to see. But I think when you start to dissect it a little bit more, there's more to it than just that. And I understand, like I said, not wanting to to break the bank yet. I understand that aspect of it. But um, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the game that everybody plays, right? Is is when do you sign a guy early? And part of getting signed early is for Kyler Murray is you got to be willing to say, hey man, I'm not going to set the market if I sign this. Two years exactly. before it's due, right? Exactly. So you have to play that game as well as is okay. How much is enough, and what am I what am I comfortable accepting? Because I'm going to change generationally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my family's well being for not only this generation, not only my kids and my but my grandkids and their kids, right? And so. I think you have to be you you have to be fair and you have to be a businessman when it comes to being a football player. And I think that's a hard thing to kind of balance out. And Makes what's sense. interesting too, since that letter went out from Kyler Murray's agent, the whole quarterback market got reset by the Deshaun Watson deal, which blew everybody away. Two hundred and fifty million dollars guarantee. I mean, they might uh, you know right now Kyler Murray's camp might be 
pulling back a little bit and saying, all right, we, we're not going to sign now because of what just happened in sure. the quarterback market. Yeah, with the, and with the guaranteed, like, the, that was the first, like, baseball contract yeah, that yeah. we got, right? Yeah. Like a baseball yeah. or basketball contract. So, um, and, you know, to, to see that to see that move forward, mm-hmm. maybe the best thing to do for you, like you said, is just to sit back and, and see how it comes to you. I, I just understand... I understand from a player's perspective that plays in this league is um, just just the uncertainty with health and everything else of how long your career is going to last. Mm-hmm. And better now than it was when I played. Um, they, you know, they do a better job of taking care of you and not beating you up. But as we all know, you're you're one play away from never doing it again. Yeah. And and so that that part is, you know, the part you have to balance out. Mark Schlereth, uh, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, NFL on Fox. He's in uh, studio with us, and he's going to hang out for a nice. little bit. We'll continue to talk some NFL, and that'll continue here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Continue the Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. Our pleasure to welcome Mark Schlereth. We're getting NFL educated, Vinny. We are. We are. 104.3 The Fan of Denver. He's in studio with us. Uh, and and you talked about, uh, and we talked about it briefly uh, in the previous segment, Mark, about uh, I don't think any of us have seen an offseason like this in the NFL oh. in terms of acquisitions, big contracts, big players moving to new teams. What's the one the one move around the league that has blown you away the most so far? I, well, I mean, I, I think, because I was sitting here thinking in Denver, um, and I quit breaking news, by the way, because my Aaron <laughs> Rodgers thing just did not. So I, I have, That was great. I, right, I've come to the realization that I'm not a newsbreaker, and right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, like, I am okay. You know, the funny thing is, <laughs> the funny thing for me was, one, and I've told you guys this, like, the Broncos called me when I said, "Hey, man, this this Aaron Rodgers deal is as close to a done deal as possible. Mm-hmm. It could break, you know, it could it could fall through." Yeah. So those were my exact words, right? Nobody remembers that it could fall through. It oh, never, it just is, <laughs> right? Nobody remembers that aspect of that trade. And then the whole and then the whole thing was, well. You know, they they never actually talked to Aaron Rodgers. I got that all the time. Like, they never talked to Aaron or the Green Bay Packers, right? They never had an official talk with the Green Bay Packers. And so I was like, then why do they call me as soon as I got off the radio? Like, my phone rang as soon as we went to break. And the Broncos didn't ask me, didn't say, hey, it wasn't true. Or they said, where did you get your information? Are you talking to Aaron Rodgers? Like, that was what they asked me. Yeah. So then, anyhow, the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't go down this offseason, right? And he said, right up until he signed back with the Green Bay Packers, he said, hey, man, it's it, that weekend, he was like, it's come down to either the Broncos or the Packers. Like, I'm really torn. And then the Broncos end up signing Russell Wilson, which just blew me away because I didn't know that was yeah. – you know, I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. But the thing was is we hadn't had a an official talk that the Broncos came out with. We hadn't had an official talk with them since with the Green Bay Packers since last spring. Oh, so wait a minute. The team you didn't have any official talks with, you didn't have it you, you had an official talk. Uh-huh. Like, you guys are all so full of crap. One yeah. thing about this about the it's the great thing about the NFL. It's the largest soap opera. Oh yeah. Oh, you're not kidding. You know, as a soap opera guy who, yeah. who crushed the guiding light. This <laughs> yes, my, you did. This is my acting career. My acting career. Okay, so the guiding light spans seventy two years. It's seventy two? Wow. Started on radio. 
then 50 years, 20 years on radio, then 50 years on television. I never knew that. It took me two years of recurring roles to get it canceled. <laughs> that's that's how good an actor I am. You are outstanding. Yes, that's it. That hey, just great. And don't think. Yes, the question, the answer is yes. I can see. Yeah, yeah I am yoked. <laughs> what uh, was your character? I, like name? I totally, I totally could see you. You, know, I, I noticed you noticing me. Uh-huh. And yeah, I am, I am incredibly, I'm incredibly yoked right now. My character was Detective Rock Hoover. Oh, really? That's a yeah. good soap opera name. Yeah, I made it up. Uh, I made it up back in, in my radio days back at ESPN. So Detective Rock Hoover. Yeah, it took me two years to get that show canceled. So anyhow, I don't even know what we're talking. What were we talking about before we got in the the NFL's a giant soap opera? Oh, your soap opera, right? Soap right. opera. Ever. Here's the other thing that I that I love. I just I love this. Like. Aaron Rodgers is selfish because he took all the money and Devontae Adams didn't have any left and he had to go to the Raiders. Like, uh, one, the the Packers offered him to his agents said they offered him a better contract. He just wanted to go to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted out of Green Bay. Right, wanted out of Green Bay. Yeah. He wanted to play with Derek Carr again. Right. Yeah. yeah he wanted pop- out of Green Bay. Right. He, he, You've been he, to Green right. Bay? Too. He yeah. wanted out of Green he Bay. He wanted out of Green Bay. He wanted to go to Vegas. He all, all those different things. Here's the other thing that I find interesting. It is not the player's responsibility to manage the team's cap. That's their responsibility. Yeah. Yes. So be responsible in the way you spend your money. And, and make sure you spend it on the right guys. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Like, which one of us? Like, if the if the bosses came to you, if Ryan came to you right now and said, I want to make you the highest paid guy in radio, but you be like, hey, listen. No, you got to take not, care of him, man. That's, right. not, that's not for me. That's not for I don't yeah. want to be the highest paid, right. Right? right? I just want to be part of a strong team. Right. right. Yeah. right. I, it's just, so it's not, it's not the player's responsibility to manage the cap. Of the team, it's their responsibility, and of course, if you can maximize your dollars, regardless of what profession you're in, you should maximize your dollars. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun Watson deal, we we had talked about it with the, with the growing um, again seeming dissatisfaction between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Would the Cardinals go down that road, pursue a trade? Deshaun Watson gets you know cleared of the of the criminal charges. The civil cases are still out there, but it's Cleveland who goes down that road, and they have mm. not handled it well. It's already been a PR nightmare right. for them. We've had fun picking, you know, picking fun on the Browns right. uh, in, in the past. I mean, what does this all mean moving forward? Is this did they make the right move in your opinion? Well, I mean, we're going to find out, right? I mean, I, there's no question that Deshaun Watson can play. That guy is. Oh, yeah. a, there's there's a great player, uh, a, a great player. Mm-hmm. It, it has been somewhat of a debacle. It feels very smarmy that, you know, it was a his contract for the first year was a million-dollar base salary, right? So yeah. any fines that come out of that from a suspension standpoint, you know, his, his salary is mitigated because it's so small. Yeah. So even if you miss 10 games, I, I did the math on it, it was like $580,000. Oh, the difference per game, the rest of the contract, is $2.7 million per game as opposed to 50-something thousand per game. So, yeah, yeah that, that left a bad taste in a lot of people's right. mouths. Right, so... It just the whole thing felt very smarmy, yeah. um, you know. And and uh, here's the deal: and, and we are just a, as as people in general. It like we we love to, you know. There's nothing that we love more than to put a person on a pedestal. But there's one thing we love more than that is to knock them off that pedestal, yes. right? And and we love that redemption story. Here's what I know about football. 
that guy comes out and throws for 350 yards and four TDs and they win. Oh, yeah. All's forgiven. Oh, yeah. First and, time he beats the Steelers. Right. And, and yeah. so that's, I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's kind of where we live right mm-hmm. now. And, and that's the deal. And so, I mean, I understand, I understand why they did it. Like I said, it, it felt a little smarmy to me, but I understand why they did it. And I understand that people will support him and people love a redemption story. And, um, you know, and, and I'm not sitting here pointing the finger and saying the guy is guilty or the guy is not guilty. I just I just know as a professional athlete, you know, when you find a, mas- a masseuse or you find somebody who's really good at what they do, you don't go soliciting them on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you know, my the dude, like the guy I always joke around, the guy. Uh, I, the guy I worked with forever when I was a member of the Broncos, I still work with him, Steve. Right? I, I still see him, and I've never rolled over and said, what are we going to do about this? It's that, that's never, <laughs> like, that's, as far as you guys know, that's never happened. So, I I, I just, I don't, like, I don't understand. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> right. I don't understand, I don't understand how, you, how you get to that point. I know. I know. Right? So yeah, it's, so that certainly feels yeah. guilty. <laughs> feels guilty. All right, the um, I want to get back to the Denver Russell Wilson thing because there was a question coming out of last year. Okay, how much does Russell Wilson have left? I think he's got a lot left. He's so sure. aspirational. The pairing of him and Nathaniel Hackett. It seems like Nathaniel is really smart about. Okay, I gotta I gotta vibe with this guy, and it's mm-hmm. just him and me. Mm-hmm. Update us on that story. This must be nuts in Denver. Oh my gosh! It's, it, I mean, you talk about manna from heaven. This this is, this is unbelievable. And, you know, I, I just have a unique position. I've done so many Seattle games, and I've spent so much time with Russell. And one of the things I always asked him, like, hey, man, it, like, like coaches and stuff. And I met with Nathaniel Hackett for about three hours a couple of weeks ago, sat down in his office just one-on-one. And it, one of the things I always asked him, like, if you were doing what I was doing for a living, how would you approach it? Like, what what would you do? What would you study? What would you – so – you know, I'm always fascinated by guys who have had success. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you prepare? So having that conversation with Russell, I was like, well, what, what's your week look like? Well, Sunday after we play the game, if we get back on the plane, I rewatch the game twice. So once I watch it just kind of a fan to see what, what went down. And then I break it down. Like, what was my performance? How could I have gotten better? What reads did I make? What did I want back? What did I not? Right. And then Mondays, he starts breaking down the opponent. And he's breaking down, you know, third downs. He's breaking down blitz versus dog package. He's breaking down first down, second down. What do they do? What defense do they play in the red zone? You know, like all these different things, right? So he does that Mondays and Tuesdays. And by Tuesday night, he's got a 15-page report that he emails to all the receivers, to everybody on the office, the offensive coaches. And he puts in things, like he puts things in that aren't, like to catch guys, like he'll say, "Hey man, uh, the, the 49ers mascot is like, uh, I, I, you know, Yosemite Sam or whatever his name, right? He's like <laughs> sourdough Sam. Sam, yeah. Sam. He goes, hey, number forty nine in nickel, sourdough Sam's really good at blah 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 blah, just to see if he can catch guys, right? Yeah. Right. So he puts all this time and all this work into his preparation before they ever get started practicing on a Wednesday, and so. You know, you, you look at some of the things that come with it, and I get that he's got a team of professionals around him and stuff, but 
you know, I, I understand where Seattle would get annoyed with, like, all his people around him. It's a little much, right. Right. But when you're Denver and you haven't had one, you're, yeah. like, going in with eyes wide open. Yeah. What, you got, you got I'll take more of that. Yeah. Bring yeah. them on, you <laughs> know? Right. So, yeah. yeah, so it's just been, it's been incredible and already, I've always said this about the Broncos here in recent years, you think you're working hard. You think you're mm. sacrificing. You think you're studying. Wait till a guy like this comes in and you actually right. see the difference, right. the level of preparation that you've been doing compared to what needs to be done. Yeah, Mark Schlereth in studio with us. He's kind enough to hang out for uh, one more segment. Nice. We'll continue the discussion next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We continue here at Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. The great Mark Schlereth in studio with us. And uh, you were talking about uh, Russell Wilson, potential influence on the Denver Broncos. I I love the way you phrase that. You think you're working hard enough. But in the grand scheme of things, I think Denver improved themselves greatly this offseason. By, by that acquisition alone mm-hmm. and others. But the rest of that division, we might be looking at the strongest division in the history of the NFL if things work out correctly. I mean, can the Broncos actually keep pace with those teams? The Raiders were aggressive. The Chiefs are the sure. Chiefs. The Chargers were really aggressive. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is. I think it's one of those interesting, you know, the, the interesting conversations because we've talked about this for the last several years of how the NFC West Mm -hmm. has been the strongest division in football. And then, you know, just to flip it around Mm -hmm. with three, I mean, when Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in your division, Mm -hmm. like you got, you got some quarterbacking skill going on there. And then, you know, the, the pap, each team has two really good pass rushers, whether it's you, whether you're talking chargers or, you know, or KC or the Raiders and, yeah, so it it is. It, I mean, it's going to be a battle of attrition. There's no question about that in the division. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see exactly how it kind of pans out. But yeah, anytime you've got it, anytime you've got a good system, you can run the ball, and you've got an outstanding quarterback. You, you got a chance to, you know, you got a chance to win. So I would, I would say they have. You know, I think they have a great chance. And then Tyreek Hill, being the weapon that he is, Oof. not being in Kansas City yeah. anymore. Um, I think that I think that's a really interesting chess piece that kind of fell. What did you? I don't know if we talked with you about Tom Brady's decision to unretire. I, I'm curious where you fall on this. Some people think it's it's very innocent that maybe he was dealing with dad guilt and then spent some time with his kids and the kids. Mm-hmm. Dad, go play, go do what you love, Dad. And then mm-hmm. he comes back. Uh, other people look and and think, okay, he might have had it with the loosey goosey nature of BA because it's not what Tom Brady's about. Mm-hmm. And then there were reports about some friction, and, and and the Bucks seemed to circumvent that by saying we're not trading him. Period. If he so so they were letting him know if you want to keep playing football, you're, you're going to play that year here. What do you think of it all? Do you think he's going to end up in San Francisco next year? Do you think it's going to work out for Tampa this year? What do you think about that? Yeah, well, Tampa still. Tampa's still such a, I mean, they are such a loaded team. And I think they re-signed Chris Godwin. Uh-huh. And, you know, they have Mike Evans. And, and so they are low. And defensively, they're loaded. So, and you know, ultimately, if you're Tom Brady, they really give you the best chance to win. There's a little bit, I, I don't even I don't even know that it's friction. I mean, I, I guess you guys were around B.A. Oh, I yeah. mean, if you're around B.A., there's going to be friction. Like, that's just <laughs> that's that's what he does. He, that's what uh-huh. he does, right? Uh-huh. He, 
he he's he's like uh, you know a fat dude in 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 jeans. Like there's going to be friction. And yes, there is. Right. That's yeah. what that's what happens when you ba. So there's going to be when you walk. There's going to be some there. chafing. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Gonna that's why they invented gold bond. So. That's that's what happens that's to right. you. So uh, Brady, I mean that that to me is like that's the best chance to win. I I do. I I think maybe he went home and he was home for a couple of weeks, and then Giselle made him try to fold a fitted sheet, and she was just like, "This is bullcrap. I ain't like this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I'm going back to work." Like I, I agree with uh, that. By the way, have you ever tried to oh fold a fitted? Goodness, I, don't know, how, I don't know how you do it. Terrible. I really don't. I just ball it up. Yeah, I do too. I roll it up and. Just, <laughs> Um, anyhow, but I like, I think he's got a great opportunity to win. And uh, you like, I know that whatever friction there is between he and BA, it's really philosophical and they have, they've done a great job because I'm, I'm buddies with BA. So I know, and I've talked to Brady about it as well. They've done a great job of kind of give and take what we want to, what we want to do where Tom is all pre-snap. Mm-hmm. I want motion. I want shifts. I want to see what the defense has got to. I want yeah. them to declare their hand. Exactly. Where BA is more post snap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they do. I want to base it on the safety and middle linebacker. And I want you to make your reads from there and then go because I don't want to give in any indicators. And and so it's kind of a philosophical change or a philosophical disagreement mm-hmm. on what we want before we snap the ball. And they've done a good job of of kind of circumventing that and coming together on that. So I, I think they'll be okay. I got a non football question yeah. for you because we here in Phoenix, Arizona are you know, we're we're pretty confident that the Phoenix Suns might win their, yeah. their first title this year. They're mm-hmm. really good. But from your perspective in Denver, there was, you know, the the series last year. Mm-hmm. Um there's a little bit of a rivalry between the two cities. How much do Nuggets fans hate the Phoenix Suns right now? Because I think that's a level of respect that is right. earned in, in the NBA. Yeah, well, I think they. I mean, I think they they hate the Phoenix Suns. You know, they hate the Suns in four guy. They, yeah. they, they, you know, they hate the fact that they hate the fact that the Joker can be the best player in basketball over a course of time, and and Booker can go for two weeks where he's scoring forty points a game, and all of a sudden he's the MVP. Mm-hmm. They like they hate that. And and ultimately, I understand. I understand that part of of Nugget fan. I also understand how, like how it works. I told this to Nuggets fans two years ago. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I, I was like, "Listen, the reason that Nikola Jokic will have a, a, a tough time winning an MVP is because there's nothing eye popping. There's nothing athletic. Nothing. That guy spends more time on the court, like." Like on the ground, <laughs> like his, I, I don't know. You know, they have these air yards per target and all mm-hmm. the crowd, all the analytics garbage that I don't listen to. Like how much time does he actually spend in the air during a basketball? I would say he <laughs> spends less time in the air than any basketball player in the history of the NBA. You might be right. It's, yeah. it's, it's like you, at the end of the day, you get done watching a Nikola Jokic game mm-hmm. and you look at the, 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 Scoreball. You look at the the line, and you're like, "How the hell did he have a triple double? I don't even remember him doing anything." Right? Right. It's, it's the quietest. Every night is that way, 
And so I understand the the frustration of of the fan. And you know, MVP is really about making other people better. Um, I think Nugget fan in general, because Denver really is a flyover city in the NBA. Yeah, they're just they're pissed at everybody. Like they're just <laughs> mad. At, they're mad at like one guy can have like last year it was Chris Paul. He has a couple good weeks and is Chris ESPN is Chris Paul the MVP? And we're like, no, you know what we. Eat? So, so there's similarities between the yeah. two cities, is what we're, you're saying. Yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But I understand. I understand athleticism rules the day, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's the easiest thing. It's like the combine. It was mm-hmm. like honestly, what are we doing with the combine? Like, what, really, what, what is that? I saw some drills. And I'm like, I, I've never seen O lineman. Like, when, when will you ever do that? Ever. <laughs> And but it's the you know the whole combine thing is nothing more than a test of athleticism. It has nothing to do whether you can play or not. Yeah. Ron Wolfley, whom you know very yeah, very sure. well, whom you used to troll over the ratings game all the mm-hmm. time. Now you just troll us. Ron Wolfley <laughs> says the old days of the NFL combine, these dudes would just be wearing their tidy whities walking into a room in a hotel, standing there while right. while people looked you over and up and down. A little yeah. weird. Yeah. It, now the whole combine thing is. I, you know, I don't, I don't really know why we do it. Um, maybe there's jealousy there. I wasn't invited to the combine, so maybe there's, maybe it's just jealousy. <laughs> Mark, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Oh, it's great, man. It's always, we it's always love always having you on the show. On with you guys, I yeah. appreciate you guys. Yeah, glad we got to do it in person. Absolutely, and then, uh, enjoy your stay in rainy Phoenix. All right, I will, man. It's a, it's a great day. Great day in Phoenix. The great Mark Schlereth, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, NFL on Fox, joining us in studio here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.